Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are The Blended Life, and tonight's podcast... Tonight's podcast, we've got a lot to do with the stepkids, per usual. We're going to talk about being on the outside of issues and decisions going on with your stepkid as a step-parent. Okay. Um, How to navigate one partner being really close and accepting of one set of kids, and then the other set, it's not the same. We're going to talk about what to do when your stepchild is causing a wedge in your relationship. And also when you feel like as the bio parent, you're stuck in between your stepchild or your child and your spouse. Right. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to digest. My brain is still working on. (laughs) All right. Bear with me, you guys. We're going to do this. I know. I'm like, maybe you should read the questions (laughs) because I read them and you have no idea what I'm saying. (laughs) I'm usually back here teching out like, all right, is this running right? Is this audio synced up today? No, not really. We're just going to go with it. So Yeah. And then I get in trouble for talking too much. (laughs) No, I do for talking over you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we got some four-star reviews for that, apparently. I don't know. They, I think they just want to hear you talk from now on. That's yeah? A, yeah, you're really good at it, so oh. I, I agree with them. Like, I'm like, let's look, let's make the Julie show. Let's do this, you guys, right? Thumbs up for a Julie show. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so how to deal with being on the outside of issues and decisions as a step-parent, especially when it affects you and your kids? So tonight we're going to talk about everything that people wrote into us about. Um, And so I'm going to read what this person wrote. She says, I'm not sure if this will be more of a question or a rant about how difficult blended life is. I listen to you guys each week. Oh, thanks. Um, And she says, I'm able to have, oh, earbuds at work anyway. Um, so basically, (laughs) oops, it's a good thing. It's anonymous. It could be anyone. Yeah. Um, tip for work. You guys (laughs) blended life in earbuds. Yeah. So she says, basically I'm feeling disconnected from my husband and I want to start there. And I think this is a really, this is a common thing in blended family marriages. So if this is you don't feel like you're alone in that. Are you talking to me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's okay. So she says, I'm feeling disconnected from my husband. Like he's pushing me out of his life. Long story short, he has three kids and I have four. That is a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids. (laughs) Yeah. We feel you. We're not quite there, but I can only imagine. Yeah. Um, His were with us nearly half the week and mine are with us full time. His kid's mom has addiction issues, which forced him to go to court. He was given emergency placement, but because of court closing due to COVID, this never went anywhere. So there were no pre-trials or mediation that normally occurs. So that's interesting that COVID has totally affected blended families and court issues and mediation. Yeah, that's the first I've heard of this. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because it's never going to be easy. (laughs) Um, They did not. Do though they did phone conferences where everything would just be adjourned because both wanted placement and neither would budge. Fast forward to today, mom has gone through rehab and is okay. That's good. The kids have done a complete 180. Nice. 
I have even been allowed one of my kiddos to stay the night at my husband's kid's mom's house. Dang. I know. That is Hey, it's progress, though. That's great. It's a win, right? Yeah. I mean, she's letting her kids go stay with the the other. So there's some trust there. They've built trust somehow and like, all right, that's a good thing. Yeah. Things are that good. And I wish it would end there. (laughs) <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm like, what are we going to talk dot, about? Dot, you know? um, it is a literal miracle, and I hope that she stays on the wagon. Anyway, my husband had a secret meeting. Every good story starts out this way. <laughs> with a secret meeting? A secret oh, meeting. My husband had a secret meeting with his ex to discuss court things. He mm. told me about it after the fact, oh. which felt like a punch in the gut. He agreed to have the kiddos every other weekend and every Monday night. I'm devastated. He hasn't signed anything yet, but has said it's going to happen. I'm really sad. We all miss the kids. My kids miss his kids. His kids miss our kids. They have agreed to be flexible on mom's weekend, which is very nice, but my husband is now a weekend dad Mm. and perfectly fine with it so he can have peace with his ex. Mm-hmm. I'm on the outside of all decisions on purpose and just really, and I'm really just devastated at the huge change with my husband's kids. Blended life is hard. <laughs> Last sentence, get married once and stay married, people. Right. And you know, that's kind of funny. That's the last sentence. We have been accused. We actually had someone like completely trolling us like that we're, all about having split families and ruining marriages and stuff like kind of, kind of ironic. Because right? I'm sorry. Like, do we tout this is easy? No, 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 no. But I mean like, like <laughs> someone like literally accusing us. Yes. Like, you guys want marriages to end and blended families. I'm like, no, no, no. You guys, you don't understand. <laughs> we want people to stay together, whether it's the first time, you know, and you guys are listening to this cause you're like, I don't know if I'm going to stay or if it's like, we are a blended family now and I don't want this to end. Like at the end of the day, we want all marriages to work out the first time, the second time, where, where, or whatever stage you're at the right fifth now. Time. I mean, if you're in your fifth marriage, we this want point. this one to work for you. That's why we are here and let's make this work. So mm-hmm. anything that we can help you guys with, write into us, let us know, message us, whatever. But um, that's kind of crazy. I'm glad. See, you don't tell me a lot of the trolling uh, stuff. It's, cause it's I just would just waste get mad. Breath. Exactly. It's just a waste <laughs> of breath. So, yes, I'm having secret meetings without you. I'm sorry. That's fine. You have those troll meetings without me. <laughs> Under <laughs> the bridge. Good. Under the bridge. Yeah. So. Um, but, yeah. Okay. Secret meeting. I think we need to start there. Mm-hmm. Because she's like, everything's great. Until, <laughs> Until the secret meetings happen. Yeah. I mean, what do you think of that? What do you think about a spouse meeting with their ex kind of behind? I mean, after the fact, you the your, you tell your spouse, hey, this happened and this is what we're doing. Right. That's that's a scary place to be in because you are it, it's a lot of um, bottom line. It's a trust thing, you know, so I'm, I've got to totally side with her and be like, yeah, that's not all right that this is going on because it's. It's a trust building thing. I mean, if I was, if if you were going behind my back and having these meetings and then coming to me, it's going to make me not mistrust you, but mistrust our situation. You know, um, not that I don't trust you as a person and I don't trust you as my wife, but it, it kind of, it's, it's a step in the wrong direction. Does that make sense? Well, you've essentially removed your spouse as a teammate at that point. Yeah, it's almost you're not like, a partnership. It's almost point. like invalidating them as uh, you know, like your opinion doesn't matter, and I'm just gonna let you know. Yeah, this is the way it is. Yeah, know. because I'm gonna I'm making a conscious choice to not only dismiss you, but I'm gonna sidestep you and go around you right. for whatever reason, and that isn't that is not a good place for marriage to operate out of. Like your respect and honor and everything should be in your spouse not the ex, not even your kids, right? Like your spouse should be able to know everything you're going to go say and do. If they can't, there's something amiss. And I'm just curious, like how he felt this was going to play out for him. 
Yeah. You I, know, like, was, I don't, and I guess that's part of us not knowing the whole situation. Or his side. Or we his only side. know one right, side. Right, 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 right. So it could be something, you know, she flies off the handle and just completely, but it doesn't sound like that because it sounds like kids are going to the other house and she trusts at least yeah. enough to put the welfare of her kids in. Yeah. Well, sorry. No, you're fine. No, but like the ironically shitty thing about this, most step parents might be like, hallelujah, we have these kids less. <laughs> right? But no, she's right. actually no, the step parent right. who is sad mm-hmm. and going to miss these kids, and her kids are going to miss these kids. And right. it's like insult it's be- to again. injury here, though, that it's like, it's so sad that this in this situation, yeah. because a lot of people who listen to us and write into us are doing so because they are struggling and having, you know, we don't sit here and talk about <laughs> the rainbows and sunshines and unicorns. We do sun- sometimes, but it's totally out of context. <laughs> but, you know, like we're here because this life is hard and let's let's bring issues to light. Let's get this discussion rolling so we can, you know, have good communication and and not feel alone and not want to give up so it's just ironic to me that this is a stepmom who really loves her stepkids and all the kids get along yeah right that also not always the case where all the kids are getting along and stepmom is really invested and you know so it's just also like how sad that this this is a situation where i don't know I it's just, just again, it's, it's just the it's a step in the wrong direction, and like Carrie says right here, it's it's disrespectful. You know, oh. it's a disrespectful thing. So yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's hard. We've talked about on our podcast a lot about, and we we talked about it a little bit last week, I think, where people like we were asked how we deal with finding out that your stepchild's coming for more time or extra time or on and off time. Like, and do we discuss that first? And I, I, I think it's, a, I think the issue is way much deeper than just a simple question like that. I'm realizing mm-hmm. that maybe there's more going on behind each other's backs in blended family marriages than we think about. It's all, yeah. Like we're talking, we're just touching that surface. Um, because I mean, like, yeah, like why aren't we bringing our spouse into, you know, like, Let's say I was with my ex and we were raising our kids in Mm -hmm. one home. You know, I wouldn't just go make appointments or have our kids go spend the night somewhere else. Or like my husband, their dad would know everything goes on. Right. It's just how it works. Right. But when we get into a blended family situation where we're now step parents, we don't do that pay the same courtesy to one another yeah not in you know we're pretty good about it but we fall short there sometimes yeah for sure and it's interesting to me because if these were our natural children it wouldn't you think it'd be different absolutely yeah um we don't feel the um we don't feel the allegiance to be like i don't know this is it's do you think that part of it is because you know how your significant other, husband, wife, boyfriend, whatever, reacts to the other parent or the other parent reacts to them. We touched a little bit about this last week, but sometimes it just creates a little world of just nastiness that you just don't feel like dealing with because blended life is already hard. Work life is hard. Parenting life is hard. Mm -hmm. And it's just one more layer to that onion that gets peeled back Mm -hmm. before you start to cry. I think that there's a lot of pressure and I think there's a lot of trying to, and I think with men, especially men have a really hard time because they're trying to like, they don't want drama. They don't want to deal with things. So they're trying to keep everyone happy so they don't have to deal with shit. And they are kind of like, you know what I mean? Like if I, if I don't look at it, it doesn't exist. (laughs) Like that's how men. I don't know. It's that's really how our weird. smallest little dog is sometimes. You can't <laughs> if see he's me. In trouble, I can't see you. You can't see trouble. me. If you can't see me, I'm not in trouble. <laughs> right? Like, don't look at me. But I think, and I think women have the pressure of always being in the middle and being in the thick of things and trying to keep the peace. Like we're the peacemakers, and you guys yes, you are, are the fixers. Mm. Fixers, handy mannies. I prefer. I prefer handy manny. 
I'll give you a handy Manny. <laughs> oh, Manny. <laughs> um, hey, quick shout out real quick <laughs> to Brayden and his significant other. They're watching us as a couple. So oh, welcome, hi, you guys. Thanks. That's awesome. Carrie's chiming in. Welcome. Thanks. And they have chat on the screen. So when they chat, everyone sees it and it stays there. It's permanent. So <laughs> luckily your mouth. Oh, no, that's permanent on the show, too. It is. Sorry. But um, so I think it's a lot of we have so much pressure and I wonder I'm curious what would happen if we just let go of all the pressure and just had like the natural order of things like when you're married, it's you and your spouse and you guys are a team and kind of let go of we live in this perpetual fear of the ex. We live in this perpetual, don't laugh. The X. Oh, no, it's the claw. The, <laughs> the dread, claw. The dreaded X. Yeah. We, or not. We live in this perpetual fear of, right? Right. That. And that's, I yeah. think, across, or the or this, uh, the other step parent. like Somewhere in that dynamic. And I happens. wonder what would happen. Like, I often have to, because when I get worked up as the bio mom. <laughs> or, or the... <laughs> Stepmom. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. When she gets worked up. When I get worked up. Well, I'll just take, I'll talk about bio situation, right? I often am like, what? Like, I'm upset. So what? Like, what real power do I have to change something? Like, am I going to go yell at my ex and that's going to get me anywhere? Or something you ask yourself quite often. Like, am I, is it willing to go to court? Am I willing to go to court over this? Am I willing to drag my kids, you know, because they're old enough and drag them through mom and dad now fighting in court, which would be really hard on them. Um, My particular two would freak out. Agreed? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's it's not easy on anyone. No, and but it, like in the it, money you spend in court. It doesn't just stay there. It Court yeah. affects the whole household. It affects, I mean, even probably some of the distant relatives. It's not a fun thing. It's just a nasty right. thing that no one wants to deal with. And so I kind of have to check myself. Like if my ex and I aren't going to agree or he's not going to hear me, and I'm like, am I willing to, is this a big enough issue where I'm going to go to court? over it the answer has been no so far I've never had an issue that was big enough thank god to drag my kids to court and my ex-husband to court and us to court and our pocketbook to court like and so you kind of put things in perspective and you stop operating out of fear and start accepting that you don't have carte blanche to change everything you want and start getting upset over things that you have no power to change, you know. And if it's not, you're not willing to go to court over it. You kind of gotta let it die, you well, know. Something you are very, very good at too is stepping back and looking at the whole picture, not just from your side or our side, but looking at it from um, the other side, but also how this affects the kids. Yeah. And you going, dang it! I really, really want to make. For instance, school decisions for my child. But at the end of the day, is my child getting a good education? Is my child getting, you know, good attention paid to, you know, in regard to the situation? You look at the full situation and you see how it's affecting your kids. And usually that backs you off a couple steps and you're like, you know what? It could be worse. You know, they could be living in an abusive household where people don't care about them, where people don't care to pay attention to them. At least my kids are being paid attention to positive, you know, attention. And it's a good situation that if I intervene in this, just to put my feelings into it, all it's going to do is disrupt something that is kind of fine to begin with, you know? So I see, I see you talking yourself down quite often Mm -hmm. on stuff like that. Now, do your feelings still get hurt? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think that that is part of, you know, if you're married and consider leaving, understand. Like, if you're in a natural family and you haven't broken up your natural family, understand that there's a lot of wounds that you just walk around with open wounds, right? Like, yes, I'm forever going to feel like I got shafted. (laughs) Is that the wrong word? Giggity. What is the word? No, no, that's perfect. That's a great word. 
I got, I don't know, like I will forever walk around feeling slighted. Shafted. Shafted. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I will forever feel like I, I didn't have, I will never have had an experience as I should have had as a mother because, you know, and that will oh, always yeah. like, gosh, be a thorn in my side. However, Eric's right. Like you have to. So when you feel like you're upset or whatever, you have to like take a step back and ask yourself, what about the kids? Are the kids okay? In my case, the kids are getting excellent schooling. They actually have a really good in on a lot of things and they're so blessed and my son's getting straight A's in school and he's going to be great and so it's wonderful. It's just my mom pride hurt. And so that's never going to heal because the other side doesn't acknowledge that or give credence to that or honor that. And they never will. Like I can't make them want me to be an integral part of something that they're just steamrolling ahead. Am I going to go to court over it? Of course not. A judge would laugh at me. My son is doing wonderful right? It is just me feeling like I'm being sidestepped as a mom and that never feels good. So, so. yeah, but you know, it's, it. so when you're getting worked up and we're kind of totally off the subject of this question we're supposed to be answering, but yeah, when you're getting worked up, try to look at the bigger picture. Thank you for being like, thank you for that was a compliment. Thank you. Okay. So So many compliments your way. But what to do, I mean, what should she do? I mean, obviously our opinion is going to end up with talk to, (laughs) she needs to talk to her husband. (laughs) What do I always say? Yeah. Communication. And yeah, I mean, that's that's ultimately like, this Mm -hmm. needs to be one of those, like, this is how I feel. This is how the situation makes me feel. This is the big picture and draw little pictures and little stick figures and Johnny's going to miss little Susie and you is know, Johnny going to get shafted. <laughs> sure. Hope not. Um, but yeah, being able to talk and explain the situation and just be like, Hey, look like this is really how this is going to affect us. And this is how it's going to affect us. You haven't signed paperwork yet. I know it's your word, you know, and, and good men are true to their word, but good men are also true to their family, you know, and their wife. And hopefully he'll put you first if you bring this up to him and be like, look, I know this is the situation that we're going to be in, but this is going to affect us. And can we come up with something different? You know, it doesn't have to stay the way it is, Yeah. but it may not have to go so extreme. Maybe have some ideas ready, you know, a little whiteboard action and (laughs) whiteboard action, whiteboard stick figures, man. I'm telling you. And I think that, the other important thing is you have to hear his side of it too. Oh, yes. Because you're going to come at him with, you know, you know why you feel how you feel. And, and, you know, and I think that anyone listening right now would be like, when you frame it as a secret meeting, probably not a good thing. Right. Right. That is disrespectful. That it, But there's a reason he's doing that. And I think that he needs to have an opportunity, the space and the safe space to be able to tell you, because if you want to shift that, if you want him to, to shift away from doing things behind your back in secret meetings, he obviously doesn't feel for whatever reason that you're a safe place that he can go to and open up about this. Like there's something going on where he's like, I have to go to the extreme of having a secret meeting to get this done. So I think that he needs to be able to explain and work through whatever he has going on with you um, so that it can get worked out. I'm also like, maybe it's not even so extreme. Maybe it was just one of those things that just happened. Maybe the secret meeting took place on a drop-off. Maybe it took, you know what I mean? Like, I know it's laughable, but maybe it's not so... Maybe it's not so taboo as it sounds. Maybe it's not such a bad, bad thing. You know, like maybe it just, it happened to work out this way. They ran into each other at the grocery store. Uh, Something like that. And they talked about it. But there's times, you know, when I'll have conversations with my ex and it's like, it's just a better time than 
you know, when it's just you and I having dinner and watching a movie or something, you know, when it's like, hang on, let me stop this. I'm going to go talk to my ex real quick Mm -hmm. about this situation. And, you know, it's it's not good, but maybe you're out on a run and I'm sitting here and I'm in between jobs and I'm just hanging out and it happened to be a perfect time on a phone call. The house is quiet. The kids are gone. And I'm like, this is a good time to have a phone call. You know, it, it it could be, I'm just, I'm spitballing here some random ideas, but it might not be such a terrible thing where it's like, man, he's really going behind your back. Like something's up. Like yeah. it might just be something so simple and so easy. Yeah. So give him a chance to explain himself and be open to receiving it. Like don't go in like this, you know, or whatever. <laughs> well, she's doing the gang- She's doing the gangsta crossing, cross and lean. I'm crossing my arms. For all of you listeners. You know, go, go in like open heart like I just I love you I don't feel good about this and please help me understand what's really going on maybe it wasn't a big deal maybe it wasn't intentional maybe it was I don't want to jump to conclusions because I love you and I want to know you know like give him bring his walls you down with know how the you whole approach situation. it yeah. yeah but yeah I mean that doesn't feel good it doesn't feel good in any relationship whether it's friendship co-parenting, marriage, right? It never feels good to be dismissed or... Receiving the shaft. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) We're going to make shirts. Okay. (laughs) I got shafted. I think we're going to make pants for this one. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, so have a conversation. And if you want, write us back and let us know. I'm curious how, like, why... You know, get curious about why. When people are misbehaving or doing something that isn't right. Shaft worthy. (laughs) Get curious, you know. Um, But it is hard, and I'm sorry that you are going to, you know, it's it's just part of, and maybe it's something that you just have to accept that you're not the bio parent, and you have no power over it. And, like, that's part of step parenting. You know, it's... It's kind of like sometimes it's a silent partnership of support, right? Like you don't get to decide issues. You don't get to decide medical issues or school issues or, you know, you don't get to decide truly. But you want to be a part of the process. I mean, yes, like come along, come alongside, but the bio parents really have the power to and will use their power to decide what's going on with the kids and, as time goes on, those are hard lessons to learn. Those are hard pills to swallow because it does affect you. It does affect your household, you know, and it may go against what you believe is right also. And it is a very hard place to exist in when you see your spouse and their ex, the bio parents, making decisions that you don't agree with. That is hard across the board for every blended family. So... It is something that you just kind of got to learn to let roll off your back, love everyone in spite of it, show up, be supportive, um, and just focus on what you can control. Yes? Amen. Amen. Okay. How does a couple navigate one partner accept being accepting of the other partner's kid and spending alone time with them? While the other partner doesn't spend alone time with you and your kids unless he has his kid. Does that make sense? You want me to? (laughs) Would you you repeat that slower? (laughs) So basically, like your partner. You. Okay. Like. Howdy partner. No. Okay. I'll read it again. (laughs) How does Sorry, it, you guys. I'm super slow. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but, <laughs> yeah, but that's what he always says about me. Yeah, so. I wasn't going to say nothing. Um, okay. How does a couple, couple, do you know what a two. couple is to <laughs> navigate? Do you know what that word is? <laughs> One partner. He's doing hand gestures now. Sign One partner being accepting mm. of the other partner's kid. Okay. And spending alone time with the, that kid. While the other partner doesn't spend alone time with them and your kids unless he has his kid. Okay. Does this make sense? Are you getting it? Yeah, I think so. 
There's like whiteboards, whiteboards and stick figures. <laughs> That's what you need. All day. Yeah. Yeah. So two partners. Yeah. No, wait, come on. Keep going. <laughs> Gosh. That's the question. I, There's no uh, more to keep going. I, I it's mean, short and again, sweet. like you, <laughs> I hope you have more to elaborate on this. Cause I'm like communication, like tell them that this is hurting your feelings. And you know, like it seems like wants his alone time when he wants it, you know, but when everyone's around, then he, no, like he'll spend time with one. Gosh, I'm, okay. You have no idea what's going no. on. I no. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> okay, so I understand the question. Would you like to hear? Yeah, just, why are you asking me you then? Just read it like yourself in silence. So maybe seeing it will help. So basically, I think that what you have to understand is not all people are created equal in a blended family, meaning you don't get dealt a hand of perfect personalities that all jive, right? You don't get dealt a hand where everyone just magically gets along. And everyone is going to bond like some relationships in your blended family are going to be quick to build and bond and connect. Others might never connect. Others are a slow burn. And so it's really hard to expect that every relationship in your blended family is going to unfold or have the same burn time. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like you're, everyone's going to have their own relationship in your blended family, right? His relationship with my daughter is very different than his relationship with my son. Yeah. That's okay. My son's very different from my daughter. Yeah. Very different personalities. They're very different personalities. So two kids, including me. Right. Like sometimes we just like to have our alone time and I can get, I can appreciate that too. Yeah, but it would be like, it it would be like you would hang out, like um, I would hang out with you and your son, right. but you would not hang out with me and my kids, right? Like that's what this is, right? Type of a thing. I feel, I feel, I feel like that happens sometimes with us. So yeah, but it's 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 because there's different personalities. There's different personalities, and not all personalities are going to connect. Yeah. And so I think you have to just be grateful for what is and hopeful for what isn't and give space and time for things to happen naturally. The worst thing you can try to do is punish people for not connecting or make people feel forced into connections they don't want because it just makes it that much harder for them and they push back. Like even adults do this, you know, like if you're going to force me into a friendship that I don't want to receive you know i'm probably just not even going to show up to events right you know but you know what i'm trying yes and so i think you just kind of have to take a deep breath and even it can take don't breathe in i mean don't breathe out we'll see how long it takes you to turn blue just kidding but i think you have to just kind of take a deep breath and just and it takes years and understand that some people are never going to be close some step parent stepchildren are never going to be close sometimes in adulthood that changes sometimes it shifts to where they're real close and then something happens and then they're not close anymore in adulthood and so it's just hard because we all wish Oh, that was my nip. She twisted my nip, you guys. So I I think that it's 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 hard when you see something you wish you had for your kids. Like I could imagine if you see your partner, you know, if you're gi- if you're giving that to your partner and his kids, like you're willing to go with your partner and spend time with his kids and build that connection and that connection's great and easy. And then you're like, "Well, why the f can't see?" Getting better. Well, look at her, you guys. <laughs> Why the F can't you step up and do the same with mine? You know, like, I can do it. Why can't you do it? And it's just because there are no one else is you in your family. You know, it's just, it's hard to, expectations are like the, the they rob joy. Because yeah, I, I like, don't know. I feel like I get this. Like, I, I feel like you and I have had these conversations before because I have... I feel like I have been in this situation a little bit, not quite as extreme as this story, mm-hmm. but I feel like I spend more time with you and your kids than you do with, say, me and my son. 
I feel like you're just like, nah, you two go do your thing. Now I do that also, you know, like you and your kids go do your thing. You do that but, all the time. But I feel like I have just sp- saying, okay. Anyways, she pissed further than me this time. You guys, what's next? No, but we, yeah. we do struggle with that. And do we wish that things were different in our family with connections? Sure. But things just kind of are what they are. You can't force it. You can't change it. Like you try and if you try and try and try and get nothing and nothing and nothing, you kind of like, okay, this is what it is. Maybe later in life it'll change, right? And so, or not, whatever. But it's just hard to expect everyone to be where you're at, you know, and it's even hard to be guilty or feel shame that you're not further along than other people in your family too. Like that can be in reverse where you're like, I wish this were different because this doesn't feel good because I don't feel connected. Well, like you're only half of the relationship. You can't, you know, it, it, it takes a marriage of two personalities and hearts and desires and wants. Like sometimes kids just don't want to connect. Like well, they're, And sometimes there are step parents who are just like your kid drives me crazy. Or, and there's sometimes that like the kids just aren't interested in each other. Like it's it's all very, it's okay though, right? As long as there's respect and we show up for each other, and we are meeting each other's needs. No? Yeah. No, I mean, especially if you are a blended family like we are, you know, there's every single one of us are different. I'm not like you. You're not like your son, not like your daughter, not like my son, not like my daughter. None of us are alike. And mm-hmm. it creates for a really weird dynamic because we don't always go do those fun family things that you would hope to do like the Brady Bunch did or they did on Full House or Saved by the Bell. But at the end of the day, everyone kind of stays in their own lane and therefore everyone's a lot happier. We don't have a lot of argument in this family. I mean... Not until you try to put us all in the same place at the same time for a length of time. (laughs) Or or a couple (laughs) kids at the dinner table together. I mean, it happens. You know, it's natural. But it's not like some of the horror stories that you hear where people are just constantly at each other's throats and there's a bunch of disrespect in the household and Mm -hmm. it's just a giant pissing contest. You know, it's not like that here. It's everyone just kind of does their own thing. You know, you, you need to find someone in our family. You know what hole or corner to find them in yeah and I think that you just have to and I would say for our family it isn't for a lack of trying Mm -mm. you know Eric and I have been together what going on eight years 80 something years 80 years (laughs) 85 um and so I will tell you we just kind of have relaxed into our reality and stopped fighting and trying to swim upstream and throwing money at horrible vacations or whatever it may be like we're you know it isn't for a lack of trying and finding stuff and doing stuff it's just we're at a place where we're more accepting what is and just trying to find peace because that is what was most important to us is to not constantly be in turmoil or be in right it's like giving up without giving up (laughs) kind of but not really. It's just accepting everything, you know. It's like I accept that we're different, you know. I accept that it, you it's can't not change it. Be cakes and rainbows. Is that what we talk about sometimes out of context? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Anyway, so I I just think you have to take a step back and count your blessings, and you have to find the path of least resistance. Like, I kind of feel like that is what blended family life is be, can be. And kind of like co-parenting, too. I think that co-parenting and blended life and even marriage is kind of like find the path of least resistance. <laughs> and when you figure that out, because that's a lot of trial and error, right? And by the time you find out you're exhausted, you're like, I'm just going to sleep now for 50 years, right? Yeah, I and that's kind of like co-parenting. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's one of the biggest things. It's like a, almost a misconception. You're like, oh yeah, we're gonna 
have this big family and it's good. Like, screw you, Brady Bunch. There I go mentioning them again. <laughs> like, they worked us up to think that this thing was going to be so good and just work out so well. And mm-hmm. and everyone's just going to get along so well. And we're all going to be best friends and buddies. And it's just not the way it is, you know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I want everyone to repeat after me and write this down and put it on a sticky note. I can't even read. Like, it's okay. Like, you're not a failure because everyone isn't gelled perfectly together and everyone is, you know, super invested in inner. Like, it's okay. All your kids feel loved and are taken care of and are, you know, functioning humans and have two healthy households. It's okay. Like, let go of ideals. Let go of the pressure of perfection. You know, let your kids be who they are and stop trying to make them be some someone you, you know, he was just telling me this about my son. Like, exp- you know, let your kids be who they are. It's okay if you guys, if there's respect and honor in your house, like, that's great. You know, focus on what's going well instead of what's going, this is like my life coaching coming up, right? Like when we operate out of a place of abundance, when we operate out of a place of, wow, look at all the things that are going well for us. We have a home, we have a car, we have food, we are clothed, we have jobs, our kids are going to school in some form, you know, they like are smiling every day. Like we don't count our blessings, right? We just sit here and bitch about things we don't like. And when you operate from a place of bitching about things you don't like, that is the place that you exist in. And that is the place you make decisions from. And you tell me what kind of decisions you're going to make and how you're going to behave, right? If you're operating out of a place of just abundance and gratitude and like, I'm, this is what's going well. And there's so much more going well than not. That is the place that your family is going to see you operate from. And that's the kind of person they're going to feel loved by. And that's the place you're making decisions from, you know, and you tell me what's better for your family. And then also know that it's not your fault. It's not your, it's not your job to make sure everyone works perfectly together. Everyone's personalities fit perfectly together everybody's happy you know it's not just on you you know it's not you that needs to fix it man or woman you know it's it's kind of it's a whole different group of people that you know is kind of not your problem it's not your accountability just make sure everyone's happy healthy and loved yep not your job not your job you're not the relationship police (laughs) <laughs> All right. Wee, wee. All right. Next question. Um, okay. Been with my boyfriend eight years, 11 months. What's up, Ben? <laughs> Officially six and a half years as a couple. Um, I have a 21-year-old daughter and a 16-year-old son. He has one daughter who's 21. Okay. Oh, okay. So these are... Okay. We both have an ex. As we speak, his daughter seems to still not get that we are a couple. She is very needy and spoiled, and is an, he's an enabler with her. 21? Yes. Always been like this, but I keep telling him we need to set boundaries. She isn't five. She needs to learn respect to respect me. She comes in and not in the, she comes in not in the mood to say hi or talk. And just be a total B word to me. <laughs> you know that word. That's what she said. I know. I know you know that word, though. No, good. I'm glad. Thank you for restraining yourself. Restraining. Um, this is really causing a huge wedge between us. I'm expected to keep my mouth shut, suck it up, Butter and I'm cup. not doing that. Ugh, help. Mm. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing, right? Kids break up marriages Uh in blended families very easily. And I guess, good to know, 21-year-olds still have the power to do so. Yeah, I'm like, 
They still have the power to create wedges in your marriage. This is why, before we even address this, it is your marriage is the most important relationship that you need to work on every day and make it so strong because it is vulnerable more so in blended families, right? 70% of marriages in blended families fail. It's insane. So your marriage needs to be airtight so that you don't get wedges of children in it. So work on your marriages before anything else, before working on your co-parenting, before working on relationships in the house and like micromanaging the kids getting along and the step-parent and your kids getting along. Like we're so focused on all the inner relationships going on that we don't even address our marriages. Why are you pointing at me? Marriages. Oh. <laughs> but it's important. It's important to put your marriage first, meaning that is the relationship that needs your the most attention, the most work. And when you focus on that, I believe everything else just kind of falls into place. More so than when you're trying to sit there and micromanage every little other thing and that's where your focus is. So unfortunately, this couple is having an issue where this 21-year-old is coming in between their marriage. And so I want you to answer this and then um, I want to talk about boundaries. It's another (laughs) little life coaching thing, but go ahead. With a safe word. Yeah. What do you want me to answer? What's the question? I feel like it's more of a statement. Like, yeah, that's a, it's a terrible place to be in because you have this adult and not even just brand new adult. I mean, we're adulting by a few years now, more than two, which is a few. And basically this person is, you know, it's someone that I'm sure you care about to an extent, but your husband cares about a lot, but is able to come in between your relationship. And I think your advice of putting your relationship first is number one. Like that's, it's perfect advice. It's the way that it's supposed to be, you know, God, mother, uh, you know, husband and wife, and then children, everything else comes after husband and wife. Like it is your most important relationship to build work on, you know, on this earth is, you know, with your husband and, and wife. And, um, in order to keep the house under control, it needs to be like that. Otherwise it's, you know, children running the show. And that's obviously, you know, in this case right here, super unhealthy. And, um, you know, the children have a lot more power than we ever expect them to, or we ever give to them, but we actually do give it to them without knowing, you know? Yeah. And if you think about it, I mean... Because without the marriage, your blended family would cease to exist. So, also there's that. Boundaries. Um, I want to talk about boundaries because in this situation, yes, boundaries should be put into place. And when you think of boundaries, it usually comes with such a negative connotation, right? Like, boundaries are restrictive and they're... They're bad. We don't like boundaries. You or know, boundaries are bad reason. Yeah, like they're punishment. They're seen as angry. But I will tell you something. Boundaries protect. And if you want to know why boundaries are love, think about parenting. Why do you not let your kids run in the street when they're three willy-nilly, right? You put a boundary, like you know, you need to look both ways, hold mom's hand, hold dad's hand. Don't talk to strangers. You put boundaries in place to protect those you love from harm, right? Marriages have built-in boundaries, right? Don't sleep with someone else. Don't go to a bar and kiss another person. What if you're really tired? (laughs) Right? Like, you know, there are boundaries in place to protect your marriage from destruction. And that's, but we see that as love. Like, we don't think of... You know, Eric doesn't think of him telling me I can't go sleep with other guys as a bad thing. 
right? And I don't receive it like that because, duh, we're married. It's a boundary that we don't cross. You only get the shaft from one. (laughs) So boundaries are actually a sign and a, uh, it's a, it's a loving thing because it protects relationships and it protects you from yourself sometimes, right? Like you put up boundaries and friendships to protect yourself. Um, and so when we're talking about boundaries, it doesn't, it's actually one of the most loving things you can do, even with your co-parenting, right? You put boundaries in place with co-parenting because you want it to work. You want your co-parenting to be peaceful and the best for the kids because you don't want to fight. You don't want it to turn bad. You don't want it to turn toxic. You So you put boundaries in place because actually you want to be a successful co-parent. But it gets twisted backwards like boundaries are, you know, like this. Boundaries aren't a F you. Boundaries are more of like this, like I just want to protect this. And so um, I wanted to offer that quick reframe of boundaries into actually seeing them as a sign and action of love and protection versus something that is, you know, demeaning, demoralizing, like punishment, restrictive. Um, Boundaries are really, really good. And people know what to do with boundaries. They know where to exist. It also is safe. Boundaries create a safe place to exist in, which is why boundaries are so good for kids because they push against them, but it makes them feel safe. They know what to expect. They know what the rules are. They know the consequences. So they know that this is what this is the plan and that calms their anxiety down. So in this case... Boundaries around respect at 21. 21. Yeah. If at 21, either of my stepkid came into our house and was disrespectful to me, he's an adult. She's an adult now. Well, no, but like I would say something, right? Yeah. It's my house. You don't come into my house and be disrespectful to me. Same with him. Either of my kid came in at 21 21. and was disrespectful to you. Be like, "Mm, try again. Come back when you can, you know, when you can rephrase that. the age of 10, like you start setting boundaries immediately. Yeah, but that's too late now. We're here. Right. No, I'm just, but not everyone's here. So start setting boundaries today, you guys. I will be setting some immediately after this podcast. (laughs) But. I love you. Said it's the best way to love. Yeah. Yeah, I love you. Boundaries perfect. I mean, (laughs) I mean, yes, you can be. Yes, yes. Yes. You can take it as far as you want. But um, I think that life is just a series of boundaries, right? Like God, if you're a Christian, we exist in boundaries. God protects us from ourselves by giving us boundaries. You know, tries to protect us from pain. We don't listen. We do our own thing. But, you know, there are biblical boundaries in place to try to help us not go down the wrong path. And so I think that if you could have a conversation in this case with your boyfriend about um, putting your marriage first and maybe protecting. Wait, boyfriend or marriage? Sorry, boyfriend. Okay. Um, putting you guys first, you know, because now you guys are adults. Well, your kids are adults, obviously. But you shouldn't be disrespected in your own home. And that is true. No matter if your kid is 8, 18, or 28, you know, the base level of respect should be a boundary in your home. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, trying to read and see if there's anything else I want to add. It's like walking and chewing gum. I feel you. I can't do both. All right, last one. Looking for advice. My boyfriend and I have lived together for about five to six months. So that's very new. Very new. Even though it feels like a lifetime, it's very new. Yeah, like... Okay. I have an almost eight-year-old son. See, there's that eight-year-old needs respect (laughs) and boundaries. He has a five-year-old daughter. Never too early. 
<laughs> we are fighting about the kids most of the time. Mm. My son has a lot of sass and attitude, but we've been working on it and he's been much better the last three weeks, but my boyfriend constantly says my son talks to him with attitude. My son's attitude comes out more when his daughter is here and then seems to go away when she leaves. My son says he loves them both and wants them here, but he doesn't act like it. My boyfriend is super sensitive and takes things personal, and he's been very short and distant with my son. I'm at a loss. I feel like I'm constantly on edge between both of them. I've talked to my boyfriend a lot about all of this, but his response is always, well, if my daughter treated you that way, would you want to be nice and respectful to her? I'm just so lost. Yeah, this is, I can relate to this one. I'm like kind of at that age level. Um, But it's going to take longer for this kid to train and get into a different mindset than you guys have even been together or living together. You know, like it. this kid's already learned bad behaviors or um, this attitude thing isn't something he just learned overnight or picked up overnight. Second thing is there's like a little bit of a pissing contest going on probably with this kid. He loves them. He wants to be there by them, but he is basically, it's a, to me, this is a cry out for attention. Like he's misbehaving. He's acting up. He's talking with sass because a little bit, how old is he? Eight. And then, or is he the five? He's eight. Okay. Daughter. He's, the, the he's, other he, yeah. So he's, he's kind of establishing like, I'm the bigger one. I'm the older one. Notice me. And a lot of kids have cryouts for attention, whether good, bad, ugly, or indifferent. I mean, kids do anything for attention. So if him misbehaving and acting this way gets him attention, good or bad, he's going to continue to do it. It's a, it's a behavior that he has learned gets him attention, right? I mean, he said he likes them, wants to be around them, but it's it's one of those things like he just wants the attention. Mm-hmm. That's my take on it. Yeah, and I think that she's received that. I mean, she owns that her son is like this. She's not in denial sure. or, offen- you know, I think it's just such a helpless feeling when you're like, I can't control how he talks to you and I can't control this relationship that you're having with him and I wish it was different and it's really heartbreaking when you want something so bad and you just can't get it. I think it might just be something you have to let go. Like, tell your boyfriend, sorry, I always have to look down. What are you guys? Um, Maybe tell your boyfriend to ignore it. You know, don't give attitude or sass back. Right. You know, that's a big thing. Yeah. Like, don't be disrespectful to him. Yeah, because don't, that's you not, don't have to be nice. You don't have to be nice. I mean, you don't have to be nice and fake. Like it. you just do nothing. You yeah, give because, it nothing because arguing back, giving attitude back is only going to solidify it escalates it. Right. Well, it escalates, but it also solidifies like bad behavior. This is the way that we deal with people when they act like this. And all that's going to do is build and pile up until this kid's a teenager and he just doesn't have respect for anyone. You know what I mean? Like if if he can't get respect or learn respect in his household, by the time he's a teenager, he's not going to have respect for anybody because if mom and dad don't make me respect him, who the hell are you to me? You're not my mom. You're not my dad. I don't respect them to begin with. So why the hell am I going to respect you, right? Yeah. And And it just sets a precedence. It sets a tone for this kid's behavior from here on out and it's 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 gonna be a rough road if that's the way it is yeah and so you are very new into living together for five or six months this takes years and that's why blended family is so blended life is hard and it's not your responsibility for them to have a good relationship and Eric had already expressed that earlier in another question but you know, you need to take that weight off your shoulders. Their relationship isn't your responsibility. I think as the bio parent, you continue to correct bad behavior. 
you know, and then you tell your boyfriend to ignore it. You know, if he's being sassy, you know, he can leave. Your, you know, boyfriend can leave. You can send him like, hey, like, here's what I would do with my kids when my kids would act out. My kids would act out and I would tell them you can have whatever emotion you want in your room. Okay, so you're mad, you're screaming, you're crying, you're tantruming. Cool. You're allowed to feel what you want to feel, but you can go scream in your pillow in your room. And when you're done with that, come join us. We would love to have you. We would love for you to rejoin us, but you're not allowed to sit here and ruin our time. I can start doing this with dinner. I feel like again. you need to, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying that, but I'm also like, mm. set a little bit of boundary there too. You can't be destru- You can't be destructive in there. You can't be inside your room and disrupt people outside of your room. That's so, true. Like you, you know, can't... you've got to, you've still got to set those boundaries. Right. Otherwise, they're like, cool. I'm going to go oh, Kyle on my walls and punch holes through them. Oh, you I know? didn't. Yeah, I didn't have to deal with you that. You didn't have to. But what I'm saying no. is, some some parents might. So if they take your advice on this, which is excellent advice, set some boundaries, set some guidelines. Like you can go in your room, but what that does is teaches them to remove themselves out of the situation if they're not, you know, they're not liking it. You know, same thing for the boyfriend. If he wants to remove himself, great. I don't necessarily think him removing himself when the kid is acting up is the best way to handle it. And my thought on that is if he removes himself every time the kid comes around and misbehaves. Kid learns. Oh, cool. Exactly. (laughs) The kid's going to be like, oh, cool. I know how to get rid of this guy. Yeah. You know, just misbehave and he's going to take off. And that's probably not going to work for this guy anyways. Yeah. You know, especially if he likes to go back and forth. But the best way to nip this in the butt. Mm Mm-hmm is not by going after the boyfriend for this whatsoever. Ask him just to knock it off, but correcting the behavior with your own child yeah. immediately when you see it happening. And if you see and if if that starts happening, your boyfriend's probably going to back off too and be like, "You know what? Mom's got this." Yeah. Little bastard's going to get in trouble. <laughs> well, and also I think that five or six months in, your kids are really starting to like in the beginning it could be new and exciting and so you know but when when you start settling into blended life it gets worse before it gets better because boundaries are tested because the the shining shininess wears off and they learn oh shit I don't like these people like I don't I don't want to share like it was fun in the beginning but I really miss one-on-one time with my dad like that's really what I want I don't really even want this any you know like as you get into it, it does get worse before it gets better sometimes, but kids need to be taught how to channel their emotions in appropriate ways. So if your kid is acting out, if anyone's kid is dealing with rough emotions in a blended family, figure out an outlet for them, right? And I think I've shared this before, but if, you know, get them a journal and have them draw pictures of how they're feeling or write down their feelings get them outdoors and exercise like, Hey, go down to the park and kick a soccer ball for a little bit. Whiteboard and stick figures. Yeah. Like get a jump rope and go jump rope outside, you know, like put them in karate class and learn karate. That's about discipline. And that's about like channeling your anger in a healthy way. Like kids also need to be taught removing yourself so that you're not disruptive is a really good lesson which we discussed earlier, but also giving your child tools to help them channel what they're feeling in a constructive way um, and giving them that outlet. Like you just have to talk to them and like find things that they, what are their hobbies? What are their interests? You know, and, and have them channel their emotions into it is super healthy and that's good for them as adults too. Yeah. And you know, I know that it's not the situation with this kid, but I mean, maybe you guys have some kids out there who, you know, are physically get emotional, you know, want to hit things, you know, just the punching holes in the wall made me think of that. But I mean, if that is, you know, your situation, which isn't our, our, the person who wrote in, but just someone listening, you know, and like they, the kids get physical, they hit things, they throw things, they punch things again, maybe find a, a way to channel that, you know, get them a punching bag and look, this is the only thing in the house you're allowed to hit. You know, but but you can hit it as but hard you can as hit you it want. And, and yes, and as much as you want, <laughs> as much as you and want. Before you know, they're going to be bored of it, or that, or they're going to become a good boxer. You know, like at least yeah. it's going to be an outlet for them. Mm-hmm. If they want to swing their fist, at least it gives them something to swing it at. That's non-destructive 
to anyone else in the family or the household, you know, and yeah. it just it channels it somewhere. And I will say I have a friend who is fostering a child right now, a teenage child, and they have a lot of emotions. This child has a lot of emotions that they're working through. And so um, my friend who's a foster parent actually put said child in kickboxing classes and she's been using she looks forward to it she can't wait to go it helps get all of her aggressions and feelings out so and um, it's healthy it's it's so good good exercise and yeah it's a good way and you know when I'm upset I always feel so much better after working out that endorphin rush like breaking a sweat getting your heart rate that's why she works out all the time (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's it's awesome when you can channel emotions into a physical thing that is good for you. Karate is a really good one with kids who have discipline issues. Is it karate? Karate. But kickboxing. Um, taekwondo. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Uh, I was just thinking of Vietnamese. <laughs> The, You're going to get words. racist comments now. It's in racist, our... it's a place, and that's how you say it. So it's just funny. You've, she says a lot of funny things, you guys. Apparently. I think we've talked about them on other ones. But um, but I think it's really, really useful, and you can start this at age, whatever age, you know, give you, in the middle of a fit, start coloring. You know, when they're super young, right? Okay, yeah, when they're young. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to start coloring shit out of things. <laughs> You but, know, there's, yeah. you, but use emotional outbursts as an opportunity to, you know, pivot their actions and help them learn. This is just like a friends episode. Pivot. That's <laughs> the best the friends you, episode you ever. Used. So, um, if, <laughs> but anyway, okay, that's it. We're if, done. if you guys need, he doesn't ideas. understand questions, but pivot. <laughs> pivot. If you guys need other ideas of outlets. <laughs> Julie's your gal. (laughs) Write in. Find us on all the socials. And we'll answer and give you guys ideas of how to channel your energy without taking the shaft. (laughs) Without getting shafted. That's what it is. Is that not a thing? It is. I don't know. I'm really bad. I'll show you after we draw these boundaries. (laughs) All right, you guys. Thanks for joining us tonight. We are The Blended Life. I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. And again, we are The Blended Life. Again. Again. What are we? The blended life. Okay. Thanks, guys. Bye. (laughs) Bye, you guys. Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.